Welcome to the Halakha Hour here on jrootradio.com. We are broadcasting live today as what's known as the last day of school. I think today is officially the last day of most yeshivot. Most schools are ending off today. And all the parents are so excited that all the kids are home. Wow, you could sense the excitement in the air. Yeah. Okay, anyway, we are here live. Be'ezat Hashem. I think it's Chavdal Chaf, sorry, Chavzayin Chavhet Sivan, a few days away from Rosh Chodesh Tammuz, and we, Razat Hashem, will be continuing in the Halachot of Boneh, the Halachot of Shabbat from the Benish High, and just give you a little bit of a background to where you can listen. First of all, to call into the station, 718-683-5858, and as usual, we ask that you call at the end of the show, so this way, Razat Hashem, we could um, answer you fully without having to get off the topic. So again, 718-683-5858. To text in 347-927-8398. Now, listening, we know it got a little bit harder lately. So the listening, you can listen to, of course, as you always, jrootradio.com. And in case that is not an option for whatever it may be, then you could call in to 718-506-9099. Seven one eight five zero six nine zero nine nine. Those are the numbers to be able to follow us and listen us and listen to us. Not follow us. I'm not saying just listen. Okay, let's get back to where we were. Last week we had to play a little bit of a rerun on the halachot of, or not really halachot, but really the thirty-nine melachot. Today, Berzat Hashem, we will be discussing the. We will be continuing when we picked off two weeks ago, so we want to review. We're in Parashat Shemot. We're in, Melach, we're in the Halachot of Shabbat and the Benish Hai. We did already Halacha Aleph, or at least we did most of it, so we want to review that point on. The subject at hand is under the category of the Melacha known as Boneh. Boneh is the 34th Melacha of the 39 Melachot, simply translated as building. Building is one of the 39 melachot. As we know, in the Mishkan, when the Jewish people would travel and they would camp in a certain place where Hashem would tell them to stay and to settle over there, they would have to rebuild the Mishkan all over again. And thus, the Boneh, the melacha of Boneh. Now, I saw something beautiful. There's a book from Rabbi Ribiat, which uh, I'll discuss a little bit more later, but really... It helped me a lot in the preparation of these classes, in, in, the, in the material. Not everything necessarily will go with the halakha, as it says over there, but he's definitely a very, very strong source to rely on. For sure for Ashkenazi and for Asfaradim, but the organization that he had was really, really spectacular. It really was very, very clear. And Mezat Hashim, a lot of uh, the, the ability to be able to clarify the subject is based from the section that he has on the subject of Ohil. In any case, he quotes over there from the Ibn Ahezel, which is Rav Meltzer, of Issa Zalman Meltzer. He has a pirush on the Rambam. And in his commentary on the Rambam, Rabbi uh, Rav Meltzer, he writes, in discussing the concept of Boneh, or the Melacha of Boneh, de- defining the Melacha of Boneh according to the Rambam. Now, everybody agrees with this, but at least we could work off of this and can make things a little bit easier. The, based on the Rambam, he brings 
it's a long piece over there, but it's a nice piece. He, after a few questions, he comes out with a summary and he says that pretty much you could divide up the melacha of Bonet, the whole entire melacha of Bonet, into two parts. One is making a shelter. Now this making a shelter will have to be defined. Whatever idea you have in your mind is not necessarily the idea that we're planning to speak about. Making a shelter, Razat Hashem, will be, we'll explain what that is. Number two is assembling parts together to, to create some sort of structure. That's also in the concept of Bone. As we said originally, we're not discussing the second type. We're focusing more on the first type, which is making a shelter. And even in making a shelter, we all know that in making a shelter, there are basically two parts. There is the walls, there are the walls, and then what goes on top of the walls, and that is the roof. This making of the roof is known as ohil. Ohil, like we said, literally means a tent. We'll discuss this a little bit more later. But making an ohil, or making the roof, that is, to serve as shelter, is known as making an ohil. We find, as the Rambam brings down, that there's two types of ohil. There's an ohil that's known as ohil kavua, and another one in halakha that's known as ohil arai. We will translate and Razad Hashem will point out, will explain also what is what does it mean. Ohel Kavua, something that's set and stationary, or what's loosely translated as permanent roof. It's not literally permanent, but let's call it a stationary Ohel. And then there's a terminology that we find in Halakha is Ohel Arai. Ohel Kavua, the stationary Ohel, means Asur Midoraita. It's forbidden. This is what the Torah says when it says, don't be mahalei Shabbat. Anybody who transgresses it by building or constructing an ol which we have to define, of course, is doing isur deoraita. And ohil arai, which is what the rabbis decreed, this is what the rabbis forbade and they decreed and they said, even though it might not be ohil kavua, but still ohil arai, and therefore it's forbidden banan. For us, as we mentioned in the past, there's not so much of a difference whether it's deoraita or derabanan. If it's asur, it's asur. But you're going to say, now who cares if it's deoraita or derabanan? And the answer is, we, there will be a difference in cases where we have to tell a goy for the sake of a mitzvah. We've learned in the past that you could tell a goy to do something that's only forbidden with derabanan for the sake of a mitzvah on Shabbat. This is what's known as shbut de shbut bimkom mitzvah. Shbut means in Isud Rabbanan. To tell a goy to do something that otherwise would be forbidden for you is Asur Mid Rabbanan on Shabbat. But to tell a goy to only do something that would only be forbidden Mid Rabbanan for you is known as Shbut Shbut. And under special circumstances like a mitzvah, it will be permitted. Now, what defines a mitzvah, we have to be very careful, right? As we're going to learn, let's say there's. Um, Ohil Arai, making a temporary roof above your head. Even something that qualifies Ohil Arai. If you would have a hatan and a kalla sitting outside in the sun, and it's very hot for them, if a person would put an Ohil Arai above them, it's asur middirbanan. And you can't say, oh, you know what? They're hatan and kalla. Let me tell a goy to do for them. There's no mitzvah over there. You're right, there's a hatan and kalab, but what does it have to do with the mitzvah? There's got to be a real mitzvah. I'm only stressing this because we recently had an incident where people wanted to be matir shbut to shbut for the sake of hatan and kalab. People think 
that since we know that Hatankala, the Saudat Mitzvah, the actual meal of the Hatankala is a Saudat Mitzvah. So that's it. Once I have a Hatankala in the room, everything is permitted. I can tell the guy to do any Isud Rabbanan. It's kind of like their presence kind of like pushes away all the Dirabanans, which is obviously ridiculous. And it's nonsense. It's not true. And uh, therefore, we're, we're stressing this that in order to be a mitzvah to qualify you the, the heter of shbut to shbut, it's got to be a real mitzvah. Check with your local ultra orthodox rabbi. Let's continue now and go on and explain now what's the difference in you know besides the words of ohel arayin ohel keva. You already told me one is derabanan, one is deraita, but lemaase. What makes something an Ohil Midderabanan, which is what we would call Ohil Arai, and what makes something Ohil Kavua, which is Deoraita? So, to answer this real, this question really, yeah, that's pretty much what the whole subject of, uh, we're going to be learning this. The, the subject that we're discussing is really to, to clarify this point. But in short, in order for something to be considered an Ohil Arai, which means that should only be considered ohel midderabanan. Again, the word ohel over here literally means a tent, but in the halakhic terminology that we need to know, it means a roof. In order for something to be considered, derabanan, you need two conditions. These are the two conditions that we find amongst the post scheme. This is not the only case, but we find these two uh, kind of like, you know, they, they, they run across almost all the cases. Number one is that the material that's used to make this roof is not usually used for permanent structures. We're not talking about bricks or or uh, what's it called or wood or things of of the sort. We're talking about flimsy material. Is it only limited to that? no? But usually it's got to be flimsy material. Also, that the structure is not made with the intention that it should last for more than seven eight days. There's also a time, as we explained in the past. There's also a time that a person intends to put up this roof. If you have kavana for your intention when putting up or setting up this temporary structure, this temporary roof is only for a short amount of time, then it's considered also Ohel Aray. If it's for an extended amount of time, then it's not Ohel Aray anymore. It, it could be very close, or if not, it could be also Ohel Deoraita, Ohel Kavua. Now, Rabotai, most of the practical cases and most of the halakhot that are in, para, in the Benish Hai and even in Maran that deal with the subject of Ohel really focus on Ohel Arai, which is what we said, the Ohel Dirabanan. And therefore, that's going to be our main focus and that's what we're going to focus on. We also learned last time, and we're going to review this outside and read it a little bit inside. We also learned the concept, and even if we didn't learn it, and you weren't with us, and if you're listening to this for the first time, it's also fine, okay? We are learning now the concept called Mosif al-ha'ohil, to add on an ohil. What does it mean to be Mosif al-ha'ohil? I just want to tell you that this is a permitted action on Shabbat, so listen, pay up, uh, pay attention, listen up. This is a permitted action on Shabbat, to be Mosif al-ha'ohil, to add onto an ohil. But in order to understand this concept and in order to understand this heter and where it applies, we need to give a little bit of a background. And we'll begin first by defining an ohil. We haven't really defined, we've jumped into ohil kavu, ahwal ala, we'd really define what is an ohil? What does it mean there's a roof? What do you consider a roof? There's a roof of Madison Square Garden, which is humongous, and there's a roof of my uh, 
closet, which is very small. What's considered a roof from halakha? In halakha, to qualify as a roof, you need to have the the certain the following two conditions in size, in size, and again, depending on your intent and the material, will change it to be ohel aray or ohel kavua. Here we're just defining just the terminology ohel, just what is in halakha considered a roof, and therefore, we'll tell you that the size has to be a minimum of a width of a tefah. It's got to be a size. The roof has got to be at least a tefah wide. Does it have to be also long? No. As long as I have a tefah wide, even if it's less than a tefah long, it's a tefah. And obviously, anything above is also. What is the size of a tefah? We've mentioned in the past that this is the mahlokit between uh, the poskim. The sfaradim usually are nohig, like what Rav Chaim Na'i explained and uh, defined the tefah as 8 centimeters. While a lot of the Ashkenazim hold like Rav Moshe Feinstein, the Hazon Ish, 9.6 or let's call it 10 centimeters. So really, a tefah in inches, because we live in the uh, United States of America and we, we have to be cool and different from everybody else and we don't use centimeters, so we have to know how it is in inches. In inches, a tefah can be anywhere between 3.2 to 4 inches. And it's important to know these measurements. It is very, very important because... We're going to use these measurements sometimes, we're, depends on the size actually, sometimes we have to be strict, and we may use 3.2 or 4 inches, depends on the sense. We have to try to be mahmir in general, but some cases where it's zidabana, we can be lenient. If you're a sfaladi, and you're always noheg anyway, we don't usually try to be mahmir, but if it's, you can, you're noheg all, all the time with the measurements of Rabbi Chaim Nai, and so then 3.2 inches is good enough, although Medeoraita will tell you it's better to, for a person to be mahmir, and we will point it out, Be'ezat Hashem. Whenever it's an issue to be mahmir or not, Be'ezat Hashem hopefully will try to point it out. Now, this is only one condition, that's how wide it is. But in order to be a roof, it's got to be a roof over something, it's got to shelter something, it's got to protect something under it. And therefore, you need to have an airspace also of tefah. That means it's got to be a tefah of width above, it's got to be also a tefah high. That means it's got to cover something of a tefah. Whatever you want to cover now, you want to protect, let's say for example, you have a, a pin you know, a hairpin for the ladies or a small bobby pin for the kipot. How small is that? It's very tiny, right? If you want to protect it for whatever reason, you don't want the sun to hit it, or you want to protect it from Ein Hara, whatever you like. So now you want to cover it. You want to make some sort of roof above it. If that roof that you make above it to protect it is the size of a tefah, and it's also suspended a tefah above the bobby pin, which is again around 8 centimeters above, and it's 8 centimeters wide, 3.2 inches, then that is defined as an ohil. Ohil kabo'ohil alay, it doesn't make a difference. This is an ohil, and this is asur on Shabbat. You'll deal with the, you know, in, uh, if which, which level of Gehinnam we want to take. Okay, they'll deal with it if it's a right or a banan. It does make a difference. That is the definition of an ohel, which is forbidden. Now, the, uh, what we mentioned over here is only when the whole entire roof is being done on Shabbat. That means I wanted to protect this bobby pin or even something larger. 
I wanted to make a roof on Shabbat. It's sunny outside. I'm sitting outside. It's very hot. I have my baby in the stroller. And now, you know, or not even the stroller, in those like, little high chairs, and I want to cover him. The sun is beaming on him, right? So I, I want him to sit outside and smell some fresh air. So there, I take now some sort of cover, and I put it above him, you know, some sort of, even for just for a few hours that we're sitting outside. Or it's raining, and I want to cover him with something like that, of a cloth. I take a few sticks that are up, and then I hang or I, I, put, I put a drape over him, or over me, doesn't make a difference, since I'm using some sort of roof, that is forbidden on Shabbat. This is the halakha of Ohil. We mentioned before that there's a concept called Mosif ala which is permitted. And this means that I'm allowed to add on to an already existing Ohil on Shabbat. Remember, Ohil is defined as a tefah wide. So therefore, let's come back to our, our case, our mashad that we gave. We're sitting outside, my child is sitting in the high chair, or he's sitting, and let's take the stroller, it's a little better. I have a stroller that doesn't have any cover on it. And now, or let's say my son is in the playpen, and it's hot. I don't want him to, you know, I don't want the sun to hit on him, he started lying down. So I take now a, uh, what's it called, a bed sheet, or I take a blanket, whatever it may be, and I want to put it as a roof on top of the uh, what do you call it? The playpen? That's forbidden on Shabbat. Because I'm making a roof. I'm making now a roof for my child. But it's a small roof. That's a sur. But if there was already an existing roof from before Shabbat, I already had the, black in, uh, the blanket on, or I had those uh, you know, rolls, like, like, like those tablecloth rolls kind of, and it was already open, a tefah, then on Shabbat, the Halakha tells me, once I had the roof on from before Shabbat, on Shabbat, I'm allowed to extend this roof and make a full covering. Not only am I allowed to extend the roof and make a full covering, if I need to also, I can even bring an additional cover and extend my small roof. Let's give you an example again. I have my playpen. My child is inside, he's lying down. I want to now cover him. I want to put a netting over him. If I'm putting the netting on Shabbat, that's Asur. But if I had the netting on already from beforehand, and let's say it was in the roll, but the roll was opened up already at least to a size of a tefah, which we said, it's got to be between 3.2 to 4 inches. Let's say it's 4 inches now. It was at least 4 inches open. And I can't count the actual roll itself. I can only count what was actually spread. If I already have 4 inches open, I'm allowed to now unravel it or unroll it or spread the cloth to cover the entire playpen. If I see that the entire cloth or the entire um, blanket doesn't cover the entire playpen and I want to cover the entire playpen, I can even go home and get an additional blanket and extend it. Oh, I'm putting, I'm making a roof. I'm Yeah, no, you're not making a roof. The roof was already there before Shabbat. You're just extending a roof. Being that's all Harai, and it's only forbidden in the Rabbanan. The rabbis are the ones who decreed, and they can decree how they like. In the case of Ohel Aray, the rabbis did not decree to be Mosif al You're allowed to, you're allowed to continue on. Once you have an oil already, you're allowed to extend it further, even on Shabbat. However, we gotta keep in mind the conditions, two conditions in order to make this permitted. We might have mentioned it, but we're gonna stress them now, right now. Number one is, that remember the terminology that's used in halakha is called Mosif al ohil. Try to remember all these terminologies when we say, especially when we emphasize it. 
because it's good for you to know also, especially when you want to explain to somebody else, it's good to know these terminologies. Mosif al-ha-ohil means to add on the ohil, which by the way, by the terminology itself, you should know already that this means, Mosif al-ohil means you got to have an ohil already. If you don't have an ohil, there's nothing to talk about. So therefore, in order to allow us, in order for us to be permitted to add to do this extension, there's got to be some sort of oil. And the oil has to be, according to the halakha, what defines an oil, and that is a tefah open. If I have a tefah open already, then I could extend it. If I don't have a tefah open, then I can't come ahead and do it. Even if I have a little bit open, but it's not a tefah open, then I cannot extend it. I can't even pull out or spread the entire blanket. I can't even unravel the roll. I can't bring an additional thing. I must have at least a tefah open from beforehand. Number two, let's say the cover that you need to use is a roll. Let's say, let's go back to the case of the playpen. I put some sort of tablecloth roll from before Shabbat, and I'm going to use that to open and close it. I can't even know the space of the actual roll take is, is actually a tefah. And technically, I have a roof of a tefah when I measure the width of the roll. Still, the roll itself cannot count as a tefah. The, although this is disputed by the Rishonim, Pesach Halakha, Shohan Aruch, the roll itself cannot be counted as part of the tefah. Hakamim will go there that you actually have to open up the roll. There's got to be a real roof, not just the roll itself. You have to extend it at least a tefah. And then we could come on Shabbat and be mosif and add on to that ohil. Now, after explaining this concept, I would like to read it for you inside in the Benish Hai. It's towards the end. Those who are following us in the Benish Hai, especially now, those who like to give classes on the Benish High and you're listening to these classes. So I'm beginning from the middle of the Halakha Aleph and we're speaking about the the Ohel Aray. It says the Benish High, Ohel Aray is only forbidden when it's being made completely on Shabbat. But let's say I already had an Ohel Aray on before Shabbat. I'm allowed to add on to it on Shabbat. For example, let's say in your backyard, you have some sort of beams. And now on top of the beams, you, you put some sort of roll, a tarp, or whatever it is, and it's rolled up. And it was already opened up a tefah on Shabbat. You're allowed to completely unroll that whole tarp. And if it's not enough, you're allowed to bring another tarp and cover your backyard because it's too sunny. All this is only considered tosefet. As long as I start out with a tefah, I can add as much as I like. This is a halakha. Not only that, even if I already had walls standing already, and I want to add on, remember being that's an only in Ohil Aray, Hachamim permitted it. So I'm allowed to even extend even further, I'm allowed to even add on extra sheets. And this could happen even if it's raining. Let's say you looked at the weather before Shabbat, and you saw it's going to be a beautiful weather, so you put some sort of top on top of, uh, let's say some beams, you have a gazebo or something in the back in your backyard. Now, you're sitting outside and you put some nice couches because anyway, it's going to be sunny. Or you have a simcha inside the house. All of a sudden, you get one of those summer storms and it starts, you know, oh, it's coming. You see those dark clouds. You know it's going to rain anytime. So, you have the roll up, up on top of these beams in your backyard. You want to cover your backyard. So, this way, 
Nothing happens to your uh, stuff under, your furniture under. If you have already an opening of a tefah from before Shabbat, you were smart enough, or you knew this halakha, and therefore you prepared yourself just in case. It's already open in tefah, you're allowed to unravel it, unroll it completely, and even bring more covers on top to cover your whole entire area, since you already started with the tefah. This is what's known as Mosif Alha Ohil. But if you don't have a roof of a tefah already, from the open part of the roll, then it doesn't work. Now, Ben Yishai concludes, I'm not going to read it inside, that he says, and this is what the Poskim also says, this is the Taz, that if the roll, even though the roll itself, even though the roll itself, may be wider than a tefah, we said we can't use it as a roof, but to take this roll, and to use it as a roof, without unraveling it, since it is the size of a tefah, we are mahmir, we look at it in a stringent way, because of the other opinion, and therefore we consider it, an ohel, and you cannot use it as an ohel, that means you cannot use it to protect things under it. That's an important thing to keep in mind. The roll may not count as a tefah to allow me to add onto it, to, allow, to give me the heter of mosif ala ohel. But the roll itself we use as a humrah that it cannot be placed on Shabbat. We're going to jump a little bit. This was halakha alif. We're going to jump to halakha Dalit, because it's on the same subject, and therefore Barzat Hashem, um, we'll, we'll stay on the same subject, this way we don't have to um, come back and then re- give, give a whole introduction again. Halakha Dalit, on the same hetel, Ben Yishai continues, and he brings another example. He says, Let's say you have beams that are set up from before Shabbat. Give you an example. Let's say you, like the way I have in my backyard, I have set up already my backyard beams for the sukkah. That by that same next time the holiday of Sukkot comes, all I have to do is put up a few sticks and a schach and I'm good to go. First time we did it last year was, whew, that was a lot of work and uh, <laughs> it's a good amount of money for me. But um, the afterwards, I, I hope so, nothing should go wrong, and that the beams are up. And I have beams running across on top as a roof. Now those beams, really themselves, they don't serve as a roof. But they support the roof. Let's say, in my case it's not, but let's say those beams, which are already, are already set up. Let's say they are wide a tefah. You know, they are 4 by 4 you know, those big beams. Let's say they're already a, four, a tefah wide. Says the Ben high over here, the halakha tells us, that if they're already a tefah, even though I'm not using the roof, there's a tremendous amount of space in between them, it doesn't make a difference. I already have an existing roof of a tefah. And therefore, I'm going to read it inside. If I want to now take a tarp and some sort of cover and spread it over those beams and to extend my roof and sit under them on Shabbat, I can do so. Why? They have the tosefet ohel. Because this is considered a tosefid, like the rule that we just learned. I'm only adding on a ohel arai to the wall that I have already. Again, all I need is a tefah. And he says, I'll tell you even more, says the Ben which is the case also that Shohan Aruch brings down. And let's say those beams I have are really not a tefah white. They're not a tefah white, so I don't really have a tefah. 
But I have many small beams next to each other, thin beams that is next to each other, in a way that he says over here, She'in bin ahad lehad she'loshat tefahim. That in between each other, I don't have more than three tefahim. Then it would be considered lavud. What is lavud? We learned this in the Chot of Sukkah. Halakha tells us, Halakha le Moshe Misadam, Moshe Rabbeinu came down from the mountain, he told us a halakha, very important halakha, you won't find this in the Torah. That's why you need Moshe Rabbeinu, this is the Torah Shabbat Peh. And there we have a concept that we find in Hazar, we find in Halakha, that any time I have any sort of stick or sticks or even ropes, where I have less than three tefahim of airspace in between them, again, less than three tefahim, that means less than 24 centimeters, 20 centimeters and lower, and less, excuse me, if I have less than 23 centimeters in between the sticks, according to Halakha, I look at it as a full wall. We learned this, if you remember, in the Hachot of Sukkah, I need three walls and a schach for Sukkah. So if I have a wall of sticks, like let's say, you know, a lot of balconies, you ever see a lot of balconies that have, just have sticks, right? So in between each, there's a lot of airspace in between. There's just, you know, metal rods, and in between there's a lot of airspace. So according to Halakha, that's actually a full wall. Why? Since in between those metal rods, there's less than 23 centimeters. Trust me, there's less. And you can test it yourself. Just put your fist inside, you'll see, maybe you get one and a half fists in there. That's Each tefah has about one fistful. So therefore, because it's less than three tefahim in between, and according to Halakha, we look at it as a completely closed partition, a closed wall. The same thing would be now if I have it as a roof. Now, now we're not in the Halakha of Sukkah. Now we come back to regular. We're talking defining Halakha in the Halakha of what's called a roof. I need to have a roof of a tefah. So let's say I have two beams on top, going on top. The beams are thin. They're not a tefah alone. But they're aligned in a way that in between each other, I don't have three tefahim. According to Halakha, since they're close to each other, that the less than three tefahim, I look at it as a closed area, even though in reality, in my own human eyes, I see there's an airspace, but according to halakha, that airspace, since there's two rods, or there are two beams, that are within three tefahim, this is known as a levud, and once I have that, I could extend further. I can now go further, what does it mean I can go further? It means, I can now extend the roof, to cover the whole entire backyard. Why? Because I have a tefah. Where do you have a tefah? You have airspace. It doesn't make a difference. Since the two sticks are so close to each other, that I have a levud, I have a at least a tefah, if not more, consisting of even a halachic roof, then I can also extend that roof. And that's what Ben Hai says over here. Once I have levud mutal lefros al himsadin, I can even cover the already the open area which I'm using as a levud. You can tell me one second, but these are beams out there the whole time. I didn't put it on uh, on Friday to be there for this Shabbat. I didn't put it. I put it there for Sukkot once they're there the whole year. Doesn't make a difference. Once I already have the tefah, I can add on to it. This is halakha the Benish brings over here. A lot of Harunim also bring this halakha. Are there those who argue? Yes. Who argues? The Hazon Ish. The Hazon Ish disagrees with this concept. He says, 
okay, you know, listen, I understand, you know, Mishnah also brings this halakha, but he says, I understand that you want to tell me that it's considered, we, the concept of levud, we consider it a wall, but where do we find I can use it as tukulot? That's going to be also a wall and then extend upon it. Maybe the laws of a, of a, of a roof or to be mosif ala ohel, you actually need a full roof. So the, so the hazon ish actually, will only permit you to be mosif ala ohel if I have a fully covered ohel, not a ohel that's made of a levud. Those who want to be mahmir like the Hazonish, of course, you can always be mahmir. But you have a lot of Ahlonim, Mishnah Barad disagrees, and you have also over here um, the, what's it called, the Benish clearly doesn't go with this way. And, and a lot of other Ahlonim also disagreed, or at least didn't think of uh, the words in the same line as the Hazonish. Rabotai, this halakha is important. The next concept is also important. And to continue a few lines in the Benish he says like this. Says, let's say you have a skylight in a roof that's open up. Back then the skylight was like a real hole in the ceiling. So let's say you have a ceiling and you have like a big box open up already. This could be in like in the backyard or something else. It's getting windy or it's getting too sunny. You want to cover it? You're allowed to. Why? Because I already have an existing roof. But you can tell me that roof was there from beforehand. It's part of the structure of the building. It doesn't make a difference. That's called a roof. And I could extend on a roof on Shabbat. But on a condition. Mosif ala ohel is only mutar, Rabotai, as we're explaining it now, is when what I'm extending is only aray. It's only temporary. It's not there to be permanent. If it's there to be permanent, then this is what's known as... Ohel Kavua. Ohel Kavua is much more complicated. I think next week we're going to dedicate more time to speak about, uh, excuse me, not Ohel Kavua, excuse me, Mosif al Habinyan. That's what I meant to say. Mosif al Habinyan is much more complicated, but that's next week we'll dedicate more time to speak about Mosif al Habinyan. But for now, we have to know that this heter of Mosif al Ohel is only in the case of Ohel. Arai, where I'm putting there just temporary, just for a few days, even for sure a few hours, and then it's going to be removed afterwards. Now that we did halakha dalit, we're going to jump to halakha hey, because halakha hey is very, very important also to keep in mind. It's also very, very practical. Halakha hey in the Benish Hai is actually very, very, very short. Halakha hey discusses the concept of soter. The 34th melakha is boneh. The 35th melacha of the 39 melachot is known as the melacha of soter. What is soter? Soter means to knock down. Basically, I mean, this is not our, so much of our subject, but we do have to know this, that the halachot of soter are, can be summarized in one line. Whatever is forbidden by bone, it's forbidden also by soter, in general. Of course, there's exceptions and there are other, but in general, you could keep this halakha in mind and you'll know it. The, these are two sides of the coin. Whatever is bone, it's a problem of soter. If it's considered bone, for example, like we're saying, ohel kavua, it's considered bone midde oraita. So to undo it on Shabbat is considered soter midde oraita. If it's only something that's forbidden midde for example, like we're saying, ohel arai, then to undo it on Shabbat will be soter aray, which means soter midderabanan. It's asum midderabanan. And that is halakha he. Let's read inside, then we'll give you, Bazat Hashem, some practical uh, cases. 
says over here, Ben Ishayin Halachahe, Kol Ohel De Asula Asato Beshabbat. Any roof that's forbidden to be made on Shabbat, who had dinami da asula satov la hasilo Shabbat, the same halacha will apply to removing it on Shabbat. You're not allowed to undo it on Shabbat. You're not allowed to take it off on Shabbat. Just like it's forbidden to build the structure, it's also forbidden to build the structure. So let's go back to our cases. I have my beams on top of uh, my backyard. This is halakha lemaaseh for me. <laughs> okay. If you come to my backyard, you'll see the beams are set up for the sukkah. They should last. I mean, say amen, please. In any case, now we have the beams in the backyard. And it's getting sunny. So it's hard, you know, to sit outside and enjoy the backyard, enjoy the fresh air. We know we want some shade. So in order for me to be able to make a shade on Shabbat, on Shabbat, I have to start with a roof of a tefah. The only way I can do that is by putting the tarp, a roll of tarp on top of the roof before Shabbat, and opening, opening it at least a tefah. Once it's already open a tefah, if I sit on Shabbat and I see that it's too sunny or it's raining and I want now clo- open up the entire tarp to completely cover that area, I'm allowed to, since I already had a tefah, which can, makes it already an ohel, I can now unroll the rest of the tarp and I'll have a full covering for me on Shabbat. Ah, I made a roof. No, I did not make a roof. I was only adding onto the roof. This is called mosif al ha'ohel. And that is permitted. Now, I'm sitting outside, I unraveled the whole thing because it was open for Shabbat. Listen to this now. Now, the sun goes away and it's like nice. I need more fresh air, you know, it's nicer. Or I need a little bit more sun to hit. And the resp- Or let's say it was raining and the rain stopped. I want to now take off the tarp. Since the tarp was open before Shabbat and was on, uh, it was already set up to be open. It was already set up as a tefah open to completely remove the tarp, even that extra tefah, is Asur Medera Banan. Since it was already open, so I already had an existing ohil. To remove an ohil on Shabbat, if it's an ohil aray, then it's Nisur Medera Banan. It's called Soter Medera Banan. And if it was an ohil kavua, for example, let's say it was the beams. Remember we said, if I have beams, the size of a tefah, if I decide to remove them, they're nailed into the ground, they're nailed into the, in the side beams or the side walls. If I decide to remove it on Shabbat, then it will be Soter Medera this is not only true in my backyard. There could be some very, very practical cases like this. A guy wants to now, you know, let's say in the summer again, we have a lot of problems with bugs. So the guy wants to, you know, he has a playpen. He has his son inside of it. And when the baby is sleeping inside of the playpen, he wants to put a netting on top of the playpen. So this way, the, you know, the mosquitoes don't come and bite. They love to, to feed off little kids. They're very juicy. So they, he wants to protect his kid. So what does he do? To spread it completely over the whole entire playpen before Shabbat, it's impossible. How are you going to put the kid inside and out? You obviously have to take him in and out. To put it up completely on Shabbat, that's also a sur because you're making a roof. So what do you do? You have to open up a roof. That means you have to create a halachic roof before Shabbat. Take the net, open up a tefah before Shabbat. And now on Shabbat, when you put the child inside of your playpen, you could unravel the whole entire entire netting and cover the entire roof area and the kid is protected. The kid cries, he wants to get out of the playpen, you unroll it and you take out the child. However, you have to be careful. When you unroll and remove the quote-unquote roof over here, the halachic roof, which is the netting, you must be careful not to take it off completely and 
make sure that you also don't make your roof smaller than a tefah. It's got to be at least a tefah. This is very important because if you make it smaller than a tefah, even if you kept it on, but if you make it smaller than a tefah, you've done an isur de rabbanan. But I have to be very careful with the salakha. It's very easy to remember maybe the rules of boneh, that we shouldn't make a netting, we shouldn't make a roof on, on Shabbat, but people are not careful when they remove the roof, they say, ah, anyway, I don't need it. But to remove it completely and take it off is the melakha of soter. Although it might not be the oraita, it's soter med rabbanan nonetheless. So one has to be careful when uncovering in, uh, the extra part of the ohel to keep at least a tefah open. Now if you want to open and close, as long as you keep a tefah open, you can do that, even if the whole thing was open before Shabbat. That means if I had a whole, let's say, before Shabbat my kid went to sleep, and you know, summer is very late, so they're going to sleep at 7 o'clock, and Shabbat doesn't come in till 8, 8.30. So now I covered the whole entire playpen, before Shabbat it was completely covered. On Shabbat, even though I had a full roof from before Shabbat, I'm allowed to remove part of that roof. How much can I remove? I can remove as much as I want as long as I make sure to keep a tefah open. This tefah open, you could even have, you could be lenient, that could be the crumbled area of the netting. That means, let's say the cover, when it's crumbled, it measures a tefah, that's fine. I don't actually have to keep a flat, open tefah in order to not be over on the Isra of Soter. I could even crumble it up Again, as long as it's not rolled. Rolled is different from being crumbled up. As long as it's not rolled, it's only crumbled up, even though it measures to a tefah. I mean, as long as it measures to a tefah, then it will be mutar. This is halakha, the end of halakha alif, halakha dalit, and halakha hey. We'll now, Be'ezat Hashem, move on to halakha bet. And before we move on to halakha bet, I want to point out something. You notice that the... Technicalities are a lot. There's a lot of details over here in, in, in the halachot of Bonet. And therefore, um, for the next coming up halachot, Be'ed Gimel, you already saw that I'm jumping around, so that's number one. We might be jumping around from halachat to halacha. I'm not going in the same order as the Ben So if you're not following anyway in the Ben it doesn't make a difference. You're learning Torah and uh, you know learning concepts anyway. But if you are following us with the Ben we'll be jumping around to make it easier to understand. So it's not always, but we might be. We already did jump around a little bit. Number two is also, in, we've been reading from the Ben high and then explaining and then bringing practical cases. And maybe for this concept or the concept, because there, there's a lot of details and it's very, very, like we said, it's very technical, we might do something a little bit different, which means that before we get to the actual halakha, we might speak about it outside the entire halakha, and then read inside the points. So this way we restress the points, you remember them very well. Okay, without further ado, let's get to Halakha Bet and Gimel. I doubt that we'll get to Gimel today, looking at the time. But in Halakha Bet and Gimel, we discuss over here the concept of the walls. Remember we mentioned before that Ohel is considered making a shelter. If you translate the word ohil, it's a tent. A tent is not only a roof. A tent consists of a wall and a roof. It might be one cloth and you know it's spread in a way that uh, when you look it's only one cloth but really there's if you look technically there's walls, even they're arched and then there's a roof. 
But we explained that in halakha, the terminology of ohil is only a roof. Now this is actually not mine. This is not the shohan aruch. This is actually Gemara. The Gemara discusses the concept of ohil, of making ohil. And Rashi says that the isur of ohil is only relevant to the roof. And that's how when we said we were discussing the Isur of Ohil, we're only focusing on the roof, because that's really where the concept of Ohil exists. Whether it's going to be Ohil Kavua, Ohil Arai, it's only, we're only discussing the roof. Says Rashi, Hazal did not discuss the walls. When it comes to Ohil Arai, Hazal never spoke about the walls. Walls, there's no problem with making walls on Shabbat. That means what we call the Mehitzot, the standing up walls, that's not a problem. If you're making an ohel arai out of walls without a roof, that's not a sur on Shabbat. This is the definition of Rashi, and this is the first part in Halakha Bet, as we'll read it right now from the Ben Ishai. Let's read it inside. Hadi asur hazal gambe arai. When we said that the rabbis decreed that ohel arai is also forbidden on Shabbat, hu davka be ohel shugag. This is specifically by the ohel, which is the roof. But the walls, which is only temporary, not only is it not forbidden or it's even mutar to make it on Shabbat. Even if you're making it in order to protect you from the sun or from the wind. This is not considered ohil for this reason. So for example, let's say I'm sitting in my, doesn't have to be my backyard, even my kitchen or whatever it is where I have the sun coming in. And for some reason I don't have shades. Well for sure if I have shades, I could open and close it. We're going to talk about those halakhot later on. But even if I don't have shades, I want to make now a mehitza, a temporary mehitza, not a permanent mehitza. A temporary mehitza, just to take a towel or something and spread it down, to let it hang down so the sun doesn't hit me. It will be mutar. Ah, I'm making a mehitza. Fine. The walls is not considered ohil. Ohil in halakha that's forbidden is only the roof. It's not the wall. And here the Ben Yishai brings us a few more examples. I have candles. Friday night. I don't want them to shut off. But they're right by the window. I can't move the candles. And I can't, let's say I can't close the window. I need some air or whatever it is. I don't want them to blow on the candles. I could take uh, some sort of mehitza. Of course, not a permanent structure, but a, a temporary structure, and put it over there that it should protect. Also, if my mehitza is litzni'ut be'alma, if I'm creating some sort of partition, if it's a sort of mehitza only for tzni'ut, you know what it means for tzni'ut? What it means for tzni'ut means that I, it's, it's, it's more modest in such a way. I don't like the translation. But basically, he'll explain over here. What does that mean? I've men and women by Shev Brachas. I have a big meal. I have men on one side and women on the other side. And especially if some of the women are not dressed right. And if they, if what's it called? Or Stam. Just to make a partition between them. And they shouldn't mingle. They shouldn't talk with each other. So I want to take now some sort of mehitzah, like the ones on wheels in the shoes, or like uh, take some sort of towel uh, or, or bed sheet or a tablecloth, right? Not the clean ones, obviously. And spread it across the room, making a division between the rooms. So now I have two rooms. I'm making mehitzah on Shabbat. 
that is mutar. Of course, I have to be careful with the other stream like tying and has, you know, if, if it requires like some sort of building into the wall, that's also a problem. But we're talking about just stop the spread. Let's say I have a clothesline and I want to make now a put a towel or a long uh, bed sheet and now it creates some sort of mahitza between men and women. That's mutar. Even not between men and women. Stop, I'm hanging out, I'm sitting in the backyard. I don't want people to look in. I see my neighbor looking out. What's this guy doing? What does he have to care? What does he care? What kind of, if I'm drinking Coca-Cola, if I'm drinking Diet Pepsi, what does he care? So I want to put now a towel to divide between me and that my neighbor shouldn't look at me. As long as it's only mahisa, it's only a wall, and it's only made to be temporary, then it's mutar even lechatullah. This is known as the mahitsot. Mehitzot, Hazawana Gozer, if it's an Arai, if it's a Mehitza of Arai, it's Mutal Lechatalat Miran Shabbat. However, Rabbeinu Tam on that Gemara, Tosafor brings down, disagrees with Rashi. He says, not all Mehitzot are Mutar. There's sometimes Mehitzot that will be Asur. When is that? That's a Mehitza has some sort of significance that it makes, it permits something to be halakhically permitted on Shabbat. What does that mean? Says we, for example, this is known as mehitzah matirit. For example, let's say I have walls of a sukkah. What, how many walls do I need for sukkot? And the answer is three. So I have, let's say, two walls of a, of a sukkah, and the third wall fell. So I'm not mekayim nimzah of sukkot, I only have two walls. Can I put up the wall or can I take a towel or something and put up that towel? Can I take a regular mahitza? The one on wheels that you told me two seconds ago I'm allowed to use to divide between men and women. Can I use it now as a third wall? So if it wasn't the holiday of Sukkot at all, if it would have been, let's say, a normal Shabbat, Parashat, Korah, Parashat, Naso, whatever it may be, then it's mutat to take that mahitza and to divide between people if you want to make a third wall for it, whatever it may be, that's fine. But being that's now Tishrei, and it's a holiday of Sukkot. If I would put that third wall, that mehitza, if I would put it up, it would create now a sukkah. I wouldn't have a course of sukkah until that wall stands there. So then it would be forbidden. Oh, you told me mehitza is not asur. Yeah, regular mehitza is not asur. But when the mehitza comes to serve as a purpose of permitting something of halakha, known as mehitza materet, like in the case of a sukkah, since with that mehitza I now have a sukkah, so this is known as mehitzah materet, and it will be forbidden on Shabbat. Now my wall has great significance. Before it was nothing. That's not called ohel, that's nothing. But now it has great significance. So therefore, Rabbi Tam holds that this mehitzah materet is forbidden also on Shabbat. And that is also the ruling of all the Ahronim, of the Maran Shohan Aruch. It's also the ruling of the Ramah. In the case of a sukkah, let's say, let's, um, in the case of, of a, a, a person wants to carry, and you need that third wall, let's say your, or that fourth wall, let's say you have a, your fourth wall completely fell, and now you want to put some sort of mehitzot to create a closing so it allows you to carry in your area, in your, in your reshut, since that fourth wall permits you now to carry within your backyard, or in our case, that third or that mehitzah now makes a third wall of a sukkah, and therefore it permits you to now make uh, fulfill the mitzvah of sukkot. So therefore, 
that type of mechitza is forbidden. That is the psaq of Shuhan Aruch in Halakha Aleph. And this is also the psaq over here by the Benishai, just echoing the words of the Rishonim and Maran. Let's read it inside. He says, if you're making a mechitza to be matir, to permit a sukkah, which means you're going to now have a sukkah to be able to be mekayim, to fulfill the mitzvah sukkah, or to permit other isurim, then even if it's mechitza aray, it is forbidden. This is in short halakha bit. Before we finish off, actually, Halakha Bet has another important part. Most of it I can't discuss on the air. It's not uh, proper. But we'll discuss a small detail of it that I don't know how relevant it is in our days, but maybe from this concept we can understand other things. The Ramah brings down from the Mordechi that in their days, you know, they didn't have bathrooms. So... Today, if a person needs to use a restroom, gets out of his bedroom, he goes to a special room in the house and called the restroom, and there's where he goes to the bathroom. In those days, they didn't have restrooms. Either he went to the field, and at night, who's going to get up and put on special clothing, especially in the winter, and go outside and leave and do whatever he has to do? So it's, 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 they usually would have a bucket, like basically what we, we give to the kids, what's uh, called a potty. And then in the bucket, they, they you know throw their waste in there, and then after... Whatever it is, when it's convenient for them, they take the bucket and empty it out outside. So now, let's say a person has sefarim in his room. Yes, let's say sefer Torah. Can you imagine a person has a sefer Torah in his room. He's sleeping in, uh, what's it called, in those days, he has a sefer Torah in his room. And he needs to use the restroom. We're talking about one room only. What do you do now? So in those days, if you take... Now, what one thing you could do is have a separate room for the sefer Torah. But I don't have a separate room. So if you create some sort of wall that's tentifahim high, according to Allah, any wall that's tentifahim high, and that wall can be made of anything, can be made of, of a cloth, it can be made of anything, then it creates two separate rooms, even though I can see above it, it doesn't make a difference. I now have a partition that kind of made two separate rooms. So now, if I make this sort of mahitza on Shabbat, it permits me now, that this mahitza kind of puts the Sefer Torah in a different room. So now it permits the person to be able to, you know, excuse me, but to, to use the bathroom basically, in the room. So now, is that mutar on Shabbat or not? Is that called mehitzah materet? It permits you now to be able to use the restroom by, and therefore this mehitzah should be forbidden? And according to the Ramah, he brings this from the Mordechi, that it is called mehitzah materet, and it's forbidden. And the Benish Hai also brings this, and he says that's also forbidden, to make a mehitzah materet. If you need to make some sort of mehitzah in your bedroom to permit you to do certain things, like in this case going to the bathroom, because you have sefarim inside, or you have a candle for other things, then it's forbidden on Shabbat. Now, Rabotai, you should know, not everybody agrees with this. Mehitzah materet, which the Ramah was oser, not the one that creates a wall for a sukkah or other things. But the one, like we just mentioned before, the mehitsa, which which um, basically separates between me and sefarim or a candle, the Mordechi was the first one to bring this halakha. And the Reef and the Rambam, the main reason, did not bring it. Even Maran, who brought the Mordechi in the Beit Yosef, did not quote it in the Shohan Aruch. 
And therefore, Acham Abadiyah brings from a whole bunch of Rishonim and Ahronim who did not go with the Mordechai, who disagreed with the Mordechai. A lot of Ahronim wrote against the Mordechai, and they said, and against the Naman, they said, we don't find such a Nisur. In fact, we find the Gemara Masichet Beitza that seems to permit such a thing. And therefore, they all have different answers, but a lot of them disagree with this ruling of the Ramah. Yes, the Ben Ishai brother over here, but Achamodiyah disagrees. He says the Halachas like the Matirim, as the majority of the Rishonim and Ahunim have ruled. So, if a person, for whatever reason, needs to make some sort of, some sort of mechitzah like that in front of a candle or in front of Sefarim on Shabbat when he has no other choice, he has what to rely on. Also, you should know that's for the Sefaradim for sure. For Ashkenazim, you gotta double check with your rabbi. Ben Ishai in Halakha Bet also over here brings another hetir. He says, in the case where I could have used a cover. Instead of a mechitza, that means I could have taken a towel and just covered the sefarim. So then, making mechitza would not be any difference. So I could have covered it anyway. I could have covered it with a bucket. I could have covered it with a towel. So anyway, I could have covered it. So the mechitza that just divides it, says I could have done it in another way that's mutar. Making mechitza really carries no halakhic significance. And there you have another hetir. Now if a person is able to cover whatever he needs to cover, so to create such a mechitzah to separate between you and the light or the sefarim will also be permitted on Shabbat. This is the end of our Rabbatav Halakha Bet. We're going to be signing off. If anybody has questions, please call us in right now to the station, 718-683-5858. We'll take your questions off the air. Um, if you have any uh, question that you would like to text us, text us at 347-927-8398. You can always reach us at Halakha Hour at gmail.com again hour at gmail.com for any questions especially the ones that we're speaking about next week Razat Hashem will meet up again already in the month of Tammuz to continue the halachot of Ohel we want to thank Iran and Rav Nisim and J-Root Radio for hosting us and thank you for listening to us have a safe summer and whoever is traveling travel safely Hashem should be with you and protect you and your children and all our children Razat Hashem and we should be Zocheh that we should not have to mourn on Shabbat and have Mashiach Tzikin Amenu. Until next week, Rabbi, have a wonderful week and a Shabbat Shalom.